Canucks Central Friday. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah here in the Kintech studio. First hour of the program brought to you by Enzyme Pacific, Vancouver's premier Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, and Jeep Superstore on 2nd Avenue between Canby and Main or at EnzymePacificChrysler.ca. We are in the Kintech studio. Kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider supported by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet. What are you waiting for? Uh, just choking up. So happy that the uh, Canucks were able to come to a deal with Jim Rutherford today. Yeah, everybody's uh, very happy, emotional, <laughs> people crying, tears of joy. Uh, uh, statues being built outside Rogers Arena for uh, the good half season the Canucks have had so far. Yeah, that's not rain. Those are tears of joy. <laughs> it's uh, It's been pretty wild. I, I don't know. Uh, Jim Rutherford's going to join us, by the way, in a couple of minutes uh, here on the program. Yeah. I'm not sure, and I know he was asked this by uh, by media today. I, I'm not sure it's a slam dunk that Jim Rutherford gets an extension with the Vancouver Canucks 12 months ago, right? With the way things were going, where the Boudreaux situation was headed, how much scrutiny the team was under. There wasn't really much progress under the new front office at that point. Um, uh, I mean, what a difference 12 months makes. Yeah, it makes a big difference. I mean, you're right. At the same time, like, Benning was here for, like, eight years. So you kind of, like... <laughs> you never know. You never know. But, yes, you know, and and I think he mentioned it, too. It wasn't, you know, without its pain. I mean, last season was an absolute uh, disaster to begin. Huge disappointment. They had their struggles. You mentioned the Boudreaux thing. And it's been, like, a complete 180 this season. Yeah, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch as the uh, Canucks have torn through the National Hockey League uh, as they won the game last night over um, – who did they play last night? The Arizona Coyotes. The Coyotes. I was going to say Columbus for some reason. Columbus. I don't know why. Well, they played in the night The Columbus before. game was game still on my that. mind, game you know? Before. Game before. Yeah. I was just thinking more Liam O'Brien than Arizona Coyotes. Anyways. Liam O'Brien. Um, the Liam O'Briens? Yeah. The O'Briens? <laughs> the O'Briens. Good spot, uh, um, by the way, at Berard and 7th. O'Briens, yeah, it's decent. <laughs> what a plug. <laughs> they, were never, they never knew they were going to get that plug today. <laughs> um, but, yes, Canucks uh, first in the National Hockey League after their win over the Arizona Coyotes last night. And now joining us, fresh off signing a new deal, it is President of Hockey Ops with your Vancouver Canucks, Jim Rutherford. Thanks for this, Jim. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been a pretty wild ride uh, for your your start here in Vancouver. There was uh, some downs last year, but uh, you know the highs have been pretty good so far this year. It's uh, it's quite the project that you've taken on, and uh, how do you feel about continuing this project over the next three years and where it can go next? Well, you know we've made good progress. We've had a good first half of the season, and uh, we feel that we can continue that. But we. You know, we Patrick and I also recognize we we still got work to do. But aside from the on ice product here in Vancouver that everybody watches the most, our young uh, Abbotsford teams doing well. We got guys developing there. Um, we've got younger players that we've drafted that are developing well, and so there's there's a lot of good things that uh, that we feel good about. Uh, not only for now. But the future for the Canucks. 
when you came in, Jim, you set out to obviously, you know, rebuild the team on the ice, but also really uh, revamp the front office and, and create a, a new environment with a lot of different voices and people with different areas of expertise. Has it come together in the way you had envisioned with your front office? Yeah, we, we have a group that's that's really aligned, you know, really, really from ownership all the way through. And uh, and that's important. I mean, we're not looking for everybody in the hockey ops group to agree in meetings. We want different ideas and different debates. But we're all aligned as to how how we reach our goal. And uh, we feel that uh, we've strengthened some of the different departments, the developed department, the amateur pro scouting that's headed up by Cami Granado. I mean, you know, we've we have a, a system in place that, that everybody's accountable for. And, and that's important. So we, we feel we've changed the culture, uh, and, uh, and we've strengthened each department. Did, did it always feel like it, it might take, uh, you might need to take one step back to take two steps forward when you, when you first took over? Oh, we've taken a few steps back. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, there's there's been some bumps in the road, without question. But you know, I don't think that came as a surprise to anybody. And uh, you just you just have to stick with it. You have to believe in your plan and and uh, and keep going. And and that's what we did. And uh, we've we've made some hard decisions. Uh, some that I don't totally feel comfortable with because we made a lot of changes in the early going here a year ago, but, uh, but they were necessary and, uh, and those changes have turned out to be good and uh, we move forward. Well, and you mentioned that the work isn't done. You, you realize there is more work to do, not only this year, but long term. But as far as this year is concerned, and, you know, Francesco obviously mentioned how excited he is about this season and how well this team is doing. What is, what is your main focus here when it comes to this roster now down the stretch leading up to the deadline? Well, there's been ongoing discussions probably for the last four weeks as to as where we go with this group. Um Patrick said a few times that uh, the coaching staff and the players uh, deserve every opportunity to uh, to be able to compete as we go further into the season, and uh, so that's that's really the discussions that's going on. What you know? How far do we want to make changes? Do we want to go with the same team? Keep the chemistry that's built? Uh, do we want to add one or two players? Uh, we know that when we add players that uh, you pay a premium to do that in our situation. And uh, we know there's no guarantees. You can have the best team going into the playoffs like Boston did last year and go out in the first round. So there's, uh, there's rewards, there's, re- there's, uh, there's risks. And uh, that's, that's what we're talking about every day now. Is there a, a certain player type or characteristic that you'd like to add to the team? I I think adding somebody in our top six to give us a little more strength there um, would be uh, would be helpful to our team. But we're we're pretty much open. I mean, if there's an area where where if the price is right and we can improve a certain area, we we may do that. But you know, 
we talked at the first of the year about having everything go right for us that'll give us a chance. And uh, most things at this point have gone right. And, and you mentioned, you know, you have to weigh the risks and the rewards of making trades, and you never know what happens when you, once you come into the deadline. But in terms of moving more valuable assets, whether that's a first-round pick, whether that's, you know, some, some, some of your better prospects, would you kind of term that as a type of trade that would involve somebody coming in under more control if you go into that reward? Not to say that you wouldn't look at rentals, but if you're talking about making a sizable move like the Philip Aronic edition, would you want a player like him who's under more team control than a rental? Uh, possibly. Um, I, I, I think the answer to that is yes. But is that type of player available? It's more apt to be going to be a player that is, his contract's going to expire. So you know if you make that deal, you may very well be just getting a rental. Or you may get a player, you don't jump in and sign him right away, you wait and see how he fits in with the group, and then worry about it in when the season's over so there's you know there's there's no guarantees with any of these things the one thing we know is that this group has come together as a team with the coaches and the players and they deserve credit for that that's what we know to this point what happens going forward is always the unknown and uh like i said there's risk involved in in anything we do if we don't do anything that's risky because we've got a team that has shown that they can compete. If we do something, uh, it could be the right thing to do, but in the long run, it may not turn out. But that's the, the discussions we're having now to make that decision. Do do we want to do something like that? Do you have uh, do you have do you term any any players or assets? Or and I don't mean like your top guys on on the roster, but do you guys have like untouchables when it comes to making trades in that regard in terms of you know making the team better? Well, yeah, I mean, I there's really not many players that's on the present roster that we're going to want to change. Um, I guess if we're getting uh, what we would call an impact player. We, we would have to consider moving our first pick. I mean, it's, it's what history has shown. That's, that's what you have to do. Um, I don't believe that we're going to want to move any of our, our prospects that have not turned pro yet because it's too early to project where they may go. But, uh, you know, we, we may have to move a, a good prospect in, a, in, in certain deals to make them happen. It's not something we want to do, but it's, certainly something that we discuss it feels like around the league uh, a lot of teams want uh, if they are uh, maybe uh, in the sell mode for this year a good young player and, and something that uh, maybe has uh, can have a more immediate impact on their roster is that something uh, you, you've noticed happening around the league i have and, and that makes sense for players that are in for teams that are in that situation but not that we ever want to give away draft picks or, or good young players, but the one thing that we have built up in a short period of time is we do have more prospects now, you know, and uh, and and we do feel comfortable about that. I, I wouldn't suggest we have enough prospects that we want to just be starting to give all these guys away, but uh, but that area has been built up a bit. Does uh, the the uncertainty um, on Elias Pettersson's next contract does that affect your ability to do business at the deadline? 
at all? No, it doesn't have any effect. You know, if uh, if we didn't have control over this player for another season, we may look at it a little bit different. But uh, we don't have anybody getting anxious here. You know, I'll say what I've said several times, the obvious, that we really want to keep uh, PD here. Um, and we'll see how that plays out when the time's right. Uh, he's repeatedly said that, you know, the offseason, he would like to wait until the end of the season to really get something done. Are you guys comfortable waiting until the offseason to, to hammer something out? Yeah, I think so. We, uh, the way the team's going, I, I don't believe this is the right time to upset the apple cart in some big, uh, big trade. So uh, we do have the luxury of waiting. It, uh, it it does feel like um, you know not not just with uh, with Patterson, but the, the best way to sell yourself as as an organization to your your own players or players outside the uh, the the organization that may be becoming free agents is is just to be as good as possible, and uh, the, the winning can only help in these types of situations, can it? It always does, and uh, we have lots to sell here. We got a great city to live in. Uh, you know, our, our franchise is really solid now. Um, our team's improved on the ice. And, and, and we, we hear it on a fairly regular basis from agents where, where you know, they want to direct their players to Abbotsford because it's a good place for them to develop. Or, you know, uh, you know players uh, uh, pass along to other players. A boy, you know, I, I'd like to come to Vancouver someday, you know. We can't uh, we can't talk directly to players or agents about this, but but we get little bits of information indirectly, um, more so than we did a year ago. And you know, I was thinking back to this a few uh, a few weeks back, Jim, and I was looking at your past tenure and, and your success in Carolina too. And you guys had a team in the early two thousands that got to the Cup final, lost, and then you guys had a couple tough years afterwards, missed the playoffs. But then oh five oh six after the lockout, you made you made a few different moves. That team took off and just took the entire National Hockey League by storm. You guys had that tough injury uh, to Cole, uh, who who got hit and, and was out for the for, for the playoffs. So you made a couple of trades. You got Doug Wade. You brought Mark Recchi in. Is that time at all kind of similar to what you're going through here with the Canucks, looking at this team that all of a sudden it may be a bit better than people thought and all of a sudden it looks like a bit of a contender and, and the types of moves you made to put that team over the top? Yeah, you can never compare teams, but there's a lot of similarities to that situation as what we're in now. And uh, I remember in 06 when we really started going coming out of camp and we're you know, Peter Leviolette was talking and I was talking together and we're talking about the, uh, this team, this team's pretty good. And then we just kept going and going and going and ended up with 113 points. But the one thing I was worried about that year was Ottawa and Detroit was really good. And I thought, oh man, I don't know if we can beat that team. But as luck would have it and the way sports works, Detroit and Ottawa got eliminated by somebody else and we didn't have to play them. So everything kind of just fell for us that year as each round went by and, and we took it all the way through and won. 
I know we've uh, we've asked a lot about Elias Pettersson, but you also have Philip Ronick in a in a similar situation. Is is there anything any urgency to to start discussions on that player's new contract, next contract? We're we're open to discussions. We've we've had preliminary discussions with the agent, and uh, uh, you know we we like Philip. He's he's done a good job for us, and uh, we we would like to keep him, get him re-signed. Was was he has he exceeded your expectations or did he fit in the way you envisioned with Quinn Hughes? Um, I think he kind of fits what we thought. You know, he, he he's a good mobile defenseman. He moves the puck. He puts up points, and uh, there seems to be good chemistry with him and Quinn. So uh, he he kind he's kind of doing what we expected him to do. You know, you've uh, had so much success uh, since Rick Tockett took over as head coach. He's got uh, 50 wins now in, in 81 games as as Canucks head coach. And you know, I think that uh, something you mentioned earlier, the alignment with the organization is, is what's helped. And um, the structure he's put in, um, it, it just seems like, you know, as a team, you didn't defend against the rush very well prior to Rick Tockett coming in, and now I see a team working connected and players who we didn't see have a ton of defensive value have also bought into that side of the puck. It really, to me, it's really signified how much it helps to have everybody pulling on that same rope, and it seems the message from Rick has, has gotten everybody to buy in. Well, defense is a five-man unit, or six-man unit, yeah. if you will, but for, from the skaters. It's not just about defensemen, and so, so the system that's been put in place has given the defensemen a better chance to succeed. When they're in trouble, they know where they have to go with the puck, and 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 you know they follow that system. Whether we're having a good game or bad game, or win five in a row or lose five in a row, and if you if you have that and the players buy into it and believe in it, then it, it it's going to make it easier for the players to succeed. I know uh, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is how you guys conduct business. But what we hear often, and we heard it from the Coyotes head coach yesterday, and we heard it throughout the season, where the opposing coaches talk about the Canucks as, as being the toughest team they played so far this year. They refer to the team as the best team in the, in the league. They play the right way. What does it mean when you hear that from opposing head coaches and, and people around the league? It means a lot. You know, that's, uh, that's when, you know, you've gained respect. And uh, I, I even get calls from people on other teams at different times when they are not even playing us. They just watch us and, and, and they talk about that. And, and, you know, that's a real credit, you know, like, like there was a point in time here when I first got here that we, we had really good players, but I don't think we had a team. And what's happened now this year, you can really see that they came together as a team. They're a unit. They believe in each other. They work for each other. And they all play the same way. So so getting that respect around the league is a nice thing. Jim, uh, we really appreciate the time. Uh, congratulations on the new deal, and uh, we'll be talking again soon. Thanks for this. Thanks, guys. There is uh, President of Hockey Ops Jim Rutherford joining us here on Canucks Central. And uh, a lot of interesting a lot of interesting takes, as uh, as Jim 
always seems to have something to say. Yeah, we know that he's been very transparent. Um, You know, we even know that he said at at one point last year that he he talked too much, and that's why he had to stop talking because he's too honest. And, uh, you know, he was honest again in in terms of what the team needs to add. Mentions a top six forward, but open to just about anything. Uh, Said it's probably too risky to not improve this team Mm -hmm. and give this team a chance. He said there's a risk to not doing anything. And essentially said um, the cost of doing business uh, might be to trade some good prospects and to trade first round draft picks. Um, And that might just be something they may have to do. So I thought it was very revealing about uh, their ambition how far they're willing to go, what they're not willing to do, perhaps, um, but also the quote on Elias Patterson. Yeah, that was interesting, to say the least. Now, I, okay, so I'm. <laughs> there's part of me that's just surprised to hear it come from a, a, a president of hockey operations, mm-hmm. and there's also like an obvious situation where if they get to the summer and Pedersen still isn't wanting to commit, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to have to trade the player, right? So it's almost like just an admission of, of what the obvious outcome might be. I agree with that. And, I mean, my question was about, you know, are you comfortable waiting until the offseason to figure out yeah. you know, uh, a future deal with Elias Pedersen? And he said, yeah, I mean, we are. And, and I think the point he's making was you have the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And if you know you're not going to keep a player – having him available at the deadline would create an interesting market, right? Um, and I think that would be obviously something you would have to explore if you you really wanted an answer from the player and he was un- un- unwilling to give you one, or the answer was no, right? Obviously. But considering where this team is at and how well they're playing, that's not even a consideration. He, didn't, he wouldn't, doesn't want to do anything like that anyways, right? But he also made it very clear in our discussion he wants to keep Pedersen. They want to keep Elias Pedersen here, right? But yeah, I mean, it's like Matthew Kachuk. He wasn't signed. He got to the offseason. He said, I don't want to stay. Yeah. And what did the Flames do? They traded him. Yeah. That's just, hey, that's just life, man. If that's yeah. what happens, that's what's, what's going to happen. And he's available. He's, he's aware of that reality, Rutherford, based on the answer that he gave. Just surprised that, you know, he put it so bluntly. But I guess we shouldn't be because uh, I don't think he's he's cut corners on questions before here. Um, a lot of reaction to that. Uh, did Rutherford intimate that he may be dealing Pedersen at the end of the season from Fish Dancer? Not to that level, uh, just sort of a, an admission that it is a possible outcome if Pedersen is not willing to talk contract because at he, that point. As we know... The team doesn't yet know where Pedersen st- stands, yes. right? Exactly. They don't know fully where he stands. He wants to. He wants to wait till the end of the season. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, and um, honestly, like you know, we can look at the, the wait to the off season thing in so many different ways. Yes, and it's a very you know fair way to look at it to say the players reluctant, teams doing well. Should you be worried? And if you are worried, you can create a decent argument for yourself as to why you are worried, right? Like just you know the logic is there, right? Yes. But there's also one very obvious reason to wait and it's the reason that oftentimes is the most uh, the biggest driving factor for people yet it doesn't get admitted yeah and it's money mm-hmm. and right now Elias Patterson is playing some incredible hockey yes. right he's getting to a point where he can say I just want you to give me whatever and you're gonna have to give it to him mm-hmm. you know and I think he's getting close to that and if he finishes the seasons let's say top five six in NHL scoring has 110 points or whatever, and this team is a re- legitimate contender, the number and the term or whatever type of structure he wants, he's going to be able to get. And waiting for that and having that control, there are a lot of benefits in doing so. Yeah. So I do think 
that's something to consider here as a possibility as well. It could very much be driven about about the type of contract you want at the end of the day. It's uh, it makes for a very interesting situation to play out in the next couple of months. We'll dive into a few more of the things that Jim Rutherford had to say, including you know what he mentioned about what they'd be willing to trade in order to add to this team. And uh, it sort of shed some light as to what they think their assets are to go out and acquire something that they can add for this roster at the deadline in the next number of weeks. It's Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. You are listening to Canuck Central. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Vancouver sports fans. Halford and Bruff in the morning. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.